With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. You know, there's so many people with a hand in how this is going to look and work. Uh, Every governor in the country, every university president in the country, every AD in the country are all going to have a say in whether their institution plays football or not. And so there's a a lot of people with hand in cookies are as far as making this decision. I think we need to be talking about how to get uh, student athletes back to their campuses without risking uh, infection in the communities and the protocol for bringing guys back safely. Uh, Probably also what's the protocol when we inevitably have a, a kid or two that do test positive for this so there's a lot a lot of things and a lot of questions that need to be answered to make sure that when we do this we do it the right way and uh, I think we're asking the right questions but there's probably some more answers that we need to uh, come up with before we move forward and welcome here to this edition of the Husker Online Show Sean Callahan over to watch it Nate Klaus as this is our opening headline segment. You just heard from Scott Frost, um, you know, kind of talking about the fluid discussion that continues with college football as we really don't know uh, what tomorrow brings as there's ideas, there's thoughts from everybody, there's state politics involved with governors and chancellors and presidents and athletic directors making their comments. Um, and that's going to be going on for a long time. So uh, we're not going to get too deep into that because that discussion literally changes by the second, by the minute. Uh, I wanted to get, though, right to what was the breaking news on Wednesday morning. Uh, Noah Vedral announces via Twitter that he is grad transferring. He's a two-year grad transfer uh, to Rutgers. So he will have an opportunity to play Nebraska in Piscataway on October 24th when the Huskers make their second-ever trip Two Rutgers uh, as Big Ten members, and I, I think some surprised by folks, um, some not, um, but a great opportunity for Noah Vedral to start for a Big Ten team for two years. And this is not Rutgers of Chris Ash. This is Rutgers of Greg Schiano, a guy that's won there, um, a guy that's been an NFL head coach. Um, so I, I think the thought there is Rutgers will improve, and Noah Vedral is going to get a chance to be Sean Gleason and uh, Greg Schiano's first quarterback. Well, and I think that had a lot to do with it is uh, the fact that, for one, he's got Big Ten starting experience, and a guy like that hits the transfer market. You know, Teams around the league are going to at least do their due diligence. And for Rutgers, I mean, quarterback has been a dire position for them for a long time. And so, I mean, why not, Adam? So that, in a sense, makes sense. But then you mentioned Sean Gleason. They run a real similar system now uh, to what uh, Noah has been running under Scott Frost for the past you know, three years. And so that I think played a lot into it making a lot of sense to where Noah was able to transition to another power five school, have an opportunity to compete for the starting job from day one and have a familiar system where it's not going to be a complete overhaul and trying to learn a new offense. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's a, I mean, it's a no, no lose situation for Rutgers when you look at it. I mean, you're talking about a grad transfer with two years left to play who has starting experience under his belt, has played in a system like that, um, is familiar with the Big Ten, 
I mean, it, there's you could go on down the list, and, and not to mention he's you know he's a pretty good athlete. He's he's a smart kid. He's a leader. I mean, it's not like he's got any type of baggage. He's not your typical transfer where you know there's a reason why they left or they're running away from something. I mean, he's he is really the perfect grad transfer for, for someone like Shiano, and and they're turning it around there or they're trying to. I mean, he's bringing in a lot of transfers. He's he's recruiting well. He's starting to actually get some players in, to stay home in New Jersey. Um, you know, and there's some excitement around the program so um, you know you, you wish Noah the best of luck and, and I think it's probably going to be a pretty good fit and then the other uh, big roster move guys uh, Nebraska um, landed a 2020 commit a scholarship commit um, from overseas Australian punter Daniel Cherney now it looks like it's pronounced Cerny uh, the proper pronunciation is Cherney we're going to hear from Daniel uh, Cherney in our next segment as uh, I had a chance to talk to him uh, from Melbourne Australia um, but this is an Aussie rules uh, football player um, that you know has been playing semi-pro and professionally, um, has been a part of the GWS Giants organization since the age of 13. This guy's 6'4", 220, um, and was one step away from making the AFL before he ultimately decided to join Pro Kick Australia, Robin. This is an organization that's produced 17 All-American punters and five Ray Guy Award winners since 2007. A lot of guys that you watch on Sunday are now Aussie punters. Well, there's going to be a lot of them in the Big Ten this year. There's a couple, or at least over the next couple of years, because you mentioned there's a couple other. Two th- uh, there's two kick. 2021 guys, one signed with Ohio State, one of Michigan State. But, Nate, I believe Ohio State's already had one before. Michigan State currently has one already. Um, so it's kind of one of those things. I think once you get a taste of what these guys are and what they bring to the table, um, you kind of want to keep going back and getting uh, another one of these Aussie punters. Right. I mean, they're kind of proven commodities. I mean, the the pro kick, I mean, the, the record speaks for themselves. I mean, to have one Ray Guy winner would be something to really tout. But they, they've, got, they've produced five. Uh, they've got 17 All-Americans. I mean, that is that is really, really impressive. And, um, you know, hat tip to, to Coach Rutledge, who obviously had some sort of connection um, and, and knew uh, all about Dylan Cherney and, and, you know, kind of put this thing all together. Yeah, you look at Daniel Cherney, and, you know, I think when you watch rugby punters, you just think of all these guys that are – I mean, over the years, you almost get pissed off watching rugby punters <laughs> against Nebraska. They just – and it just dribbles it down the field for 50 yards. Well, it's like a 20-yard punt that rolls 30. That's not Daniel Cherney. He can do that. Like That's part of his skill set. But he can do what he calls spiral punts, traditional punts, and rollout punts. Um, that's both part of the arsenal. I think that's what's attractive about an Aussie punter versus a rugby-style punter. He can put the ball in the air on his highlight film, which, by the way, doesn't exist anymore. It was taken down after he committed so to Nebraska. Um, he, he averaged 4.85 seconds on nine punts. He had one that went – he had three over five. Last year, Nebraska only averaged on the season 3.68 seconds per punt uh, on hang time. So that they're going to get a, about a second or more of hang time on every punt – from Daniel Cherney. It's easy to forget how important that is, but what made Nebraska's special teams so good for you know the better part of a decade was they had guys that could boom the ball, not only distance-wise, 
but hang it up there and allow their coverage teams to get down the field. When you have a guy that can put the ball in the air for five seconds, suddenly your coverage team looks a whole lot better. And when you're line driving it and guys are you know, catching it uh, basically on the run. The Donovan way, Peoples-Jones exactly. catching into the middle of the field on a line drive. You're setting yourself <laughs> up for disaster. And so I think that in itself will do wonders for improving Nebraska's punting game. And uh, another thing you mentioned, Sean, he's going to try to compete for uh, the kickoff job too. Yeah. To where, I mean, he's got that big booming leg. If you're putting the ball at the back of the end zone, suddenly your kickoff coverage is significantly better. So uh, that is a huge asset to have that, you know, suddenly just that one player can do wonders across the board for making Nebraska special teams uh, closer to what it once was for so long. And if you've got a guy that can flip the field consistently and can kick the ball out of the end zone, he is worth every cent of that scholarship. And if he's doing it for four years, I mean, that's it's a no brainer. Yeah, his uh, highlight reel only had nine punts and kicks on it, and that's all Nebraska watched is my understanding. I mean, they obviously couldn't go out there, um, but Jonathan Rutledge, the new senior special teams analyst, has got a familiarity with him. Aaron Sippos, um, his Auburn punter for the last two years, is a pro-kick Australia uh, punter. He just signed a free agent deal with the Detroit Lions. So that connection already paid off. I think there was some question, what's Rutledge really going to bring to the table? Who is this guy? Well, he just basically solidified the kickoff specialist and the punter, and they've brought in multiple place kickers uh, because th- that's been a disaster. Yeah. I mean, we, we all agree. I mean, it's cost Nebraska games. Seriously. And so, you know, I think that despite, you know, not being able to evaluate him that much, the fact that pro kicks reputation is what it is. I'm sure Rutledge just made a call and said, do you got a guy? And they said, yeah, we got a guy. And he said, that's all I need well, to hear. When you have that many yeah. uh, successful NFL and, you know, Groza award winning punters, uh, I mean, that's, that says everything you need to know. Well, and Cherney is a dude. I mean, he's six, four, he is six, four, 220, um, you know, almost six, four and a half. He gave me his height and weight in centimeters and kilograms. <laughs> so I, I had to uh, convert it, but he was six, four and three eights. Um, you know, so a real, really, really big guy. I mean, this is not just some little five, eight punter with the, with the gut. I mean, this is, this is a physical athlete that was used to full contact and he goes, I will not be afraid to make a tackle. I'm not going to try an Australian accent because um, the Red Sea Scrolls. You cold at a knife. <laughs> <laughs> we just, by the way, off air, we had to educate Allie on Crocodile Dundee. Great movie that yeah. obviously our 22-year-old intern has not seen. No, she has not. So what this addition, you know, obviously it's unfortunate for a guy like William Priced up. Uh, I mean, didn't he leave Michigan State because another Australian? Because they signed an Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's got to be throwing his hands up at this point. But uh, this goes to what Frost was saying on the radio the other day where competition at literally every position. And just because William Price up seemed like the logical incumbent at punter, I mean, he came to Nebraska to be the eventual starter, you got to earn it. And if he can beat this kid out, then, yeah, he will have earned every bit of that role. Well, and I, I think that uh, you, you can't argue with that either. With, with what the results were last year, it's not like they didn't give Nebraska a reason to go out looking for somebody like this, um, you know. And so, it's it's just kind of the way it goes. But what's interesting, you mentioned the the highlight film, Sean, how that he took it down. I'm sure Nebraska made him do that or wanted him to do that because it's gone so far. And technically, he's part of the 2020 class, but he can't sign. Uh, any type of paperwork and it's not official until he actually is enrolled in classes and is on campus just like Jakeem Green uh, last year if we all remember we, you know that kind of went down to the wire and there's a chance that you know, I know Texas Tech and a couple other programs were trying to steal him away even though he'd committed you know it was just a verbal until he was actually on campus. 
Yeah, it will be interesting to see. Now, Nebraska with one more spot left in that 2020 class. I think conventional wisdom, everybody expects it to be a wide receiver. That's the goal. I know that's what Nebraska would like. And the thought is probably as a replacement to J.D. Spielman, who none of us think he will be back. Um, He's not, you know, he left in in February or March and uh, haven't seen or heard much. And it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen um, Nate, I know Keegan Johnson's been a name thrown out there. Um, I mean, is that even a possibility? Kate, Kate Johnson. Or, or, yeah, not Kate Johnson, excuse yep. me. has been. A, is he even a possibility at this point yeah. as, as a potential? He's got to graduate still. Yeah, I think that's the challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it is interesting because, it, I mean, he is definitely looking around, I think, or thinking about becoming a grad transfer, but he's got to graduate uh, before he can seriously do that. And I think part of the – the original thinking was that, that maybe the, the one-time transfer rule would have gone into place already and he could have uh, exercised that had he not graduated. But um, I, I do think there's there's definitely some legs to that rumor. I, I think it's something that, that it's you know worth paying attention to, keeping an eye on. And I know that a lot of people would be like, well, why the heck would that happen if, if his brother just committed to Iowa? Well, um, you know, w- wouldn't he go to Iowa with, with uh, Keegan? And uh, I've been told that Iowa is not in the market for any type of senior, you know, grad transfer wide receiver. They're returning a lot of upperclassmen. And so I know Nebraska's situation at wide receiver is a lot more attractive than uh, than Iowa's. Um, but I'm sure an All-American FCS wide receiver is going to have some options on the table if he does choose to do that. And with JD, I know we got a lot of questions on the chat just about what you know his future might hold. If we assume that he's not coming back to Nebraska, where is he going to end up? It seems like a kind of a unknown situation as to far as far as like what his future does hold. I mean, will he continue to play football? There's been a lot of rumors going around about maybe just his his love of the game and if you're gonna sit there and kind of force it through uh, I mean that's a lot to ask especially for a guy that just left a team uh, because he needed to take you know a break for for mental health reasons yeah I don't know if it's as simple as him just going to Minnesota getting a waiver and and, and all of a sudden being the J.D. Spillman that we know um, I think there's a lot more to this story as, as we'll follow and learn here in the coming weeks but we got to take a break when we come back uh, we're going to be joined by Daniel Cherney Uh, from Melbourne, Australia, Nebraska's latest punter. Um, That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show.